Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Jewish Divorce Project. I'm your host, Noam Rauscher. And I'm your host, Liron Tal. Join us as we kvetch and kvel about Judaism and divorce. From our perspective, as two Jewish professionals and two divorce coaches. And two Jewish parents with lots of experience and plenty of opinions. Hi, everyone. Welcome back. We're coming to you live, the Jewish Divorce Project. Liron and I are coming to you live from inside Noah's Ark. Believe it or not, in this atmospheric river that is now Los Angeles, California, we have survived and braved the winter storm of 2024, the storm to beat all other storms, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, as a, as a California girl, I normally do not like anything under 75 degrees and sunny. So I've been wanting to snuggle up. But you know what? It was not even that bad. And for our listeners, I got to tell you, I've, I've learned that I'm a pluviophile. I love the rain. And so coming here was a real like, and I love doing this podcast. I love being here with you and Craig and having the conversation with our guests and especially the guests that we're going to have coming up pretty soon. But, uh, you know, it's, I, I really wanted to stay in. I, I re- you know it's our, cuddle weather. Yeah, it, I and I wanted to cuddle with myself today. I'm sorry. Yeah. No, I've had my dog on me all day, the fireplace going, but it, I mean, it's very much our personalities. I'm like, sunshine. And you have a gas-powered fireplace, by the way? I do. I have one, too, now. Oh, it's great. I just moved houses. I know. Congratulations. Thank you. Finally, my life is not as stressful anymore. Like, I can literally, I realize that between the bar mitzvah and putting my dog down, which was a really sad thing, and then I'll, I'm not going to go too deep into that, don't worry, but then moving house. Um, I have not been able to like think about anything really. Yeah. Like it's been really hard. Like I haven't been able to put together promos for this. You know that it's been tough meeting, right? I haven't been really able to do a lot of personal things that I've really wanted to do. It's been tough just kind of like having the mental space. And now it's bizarre, but like being in the new house, well, it's not, it's not bizarre to be in the new house and feel good about that. I love that feeling. That feels really good and renewing. It's clean, right? You got rid of a lot of stuff. Yeah, and kind actually, of Sometimes I just wish I had to move so I'd have an excuse to just throw everything away and start over. That was like one of the more fun parts about it was just cleaning out all this trash and loading it to the car and then taking it to the L.A. dump. And you know what's interesting? At the L.A. dump, they pay someone just to shoot off fireworks to scare the seagulls away. <laughs> I was thinking that, that could, it might a job for my kids. Oh. They work with fireworks. <laughs> they... <laughs> Might little, smell like trash virus. all day anyway, right? So might as well give them a job where they take it there. Yeah, it was, uh, it, but it feels really good to kind of be past all that stuff now uh, and to just want to, like, focus on my life and not have to worry about, like, big things coming up because it was just, it, it, I don't think we give enough credit to, like, how much emotional energy and mental energy is really draining. Like, when oh, you yeah. don't have it, you're incapable of doing any number of things. Yep. I just think I was completely fatigued from a lot of that stuff. I was doing a lot of just very basic kind of keeping the wheels on the bus. Mm-hmm. Um, and now it feels like I have just so much more energy for things. It feels much better. I think it's also every now and then I think it's age too. Like I, oh, I yeah. catch myself. I mean, I've been really busy now. I started that you know, yeah, like how's project, that, that job. So it's good. A new job. We're a good partnership because as you're kind of coming back, I'm getting really busy right now. So it's good. We're going we're gonna to cover we'll each other here. We'll balance it out somehow. Yeah. But um, – no, just having my brain be on yeah. all day long. I mean, I'm I'm lucky in that I'm working from home and yeah, it's yeah, my yeah. own schedule, but it's like, and the kids have all this sports and like everything at once and remembering to sign Micah's in eighth grade. Yeah, so yeah. there's like graduation, cap and gown and this and all of these things at once. And it's not that I'm physically working hard, but 
just, I used to always be a good multitasker. I would pride myself on, you know, when I was in my 20s, I had like 32 accounts at one point, you know, but I literally had a day where I was like, I had a coaching client in the morning and then I had a bunch of meetings for my job and then I had to drive the kids around and I came home and it was like, I'm going to take a little nap while they're doing homework. And I literally, I woke up. I was so confused. I was face down on my bed. I I only had one shoe off. I didn't even make it to taking off two shoes. It's I was like a that drunk Friday exhausted. Night. Yeah. And it was just like the mental load. And I'm like, wow, I need to really, That's I'm now focusing on going to sleep earlier. Oh my God. Because I work at night and I, it's been a lot. So I'm just learning my schedule now. And I am realizing it's true what they say, that if you exercise and sleep, it helps. <laughs> I'm like, there let's are, prioritize that. And all the research now points to more naps and how it's healthier for you. It yeah. Really so I really do think I need to just, not 25, I don't have the same, you know. When I was packing, like the only thing I really did was have physical energy. And like I had no emotional energy. In some ways that worked out well because there was plenty of stuff that needed to be sifted through and thrown away. And let me tell you, you never really know how dirty your home is until you actually clean it out and you find like the dust bunnies oh, and the, the stuff. Random and shit you keep like from the goodie bags from the parties and from and the, the kids who leave stuff under the couches. Yeah. 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 Oh my God. Uh, <laughs> but so, yeah. Yeah. But the mental energy is what's really draining. The emotional energy is what's really draining. And I had the energy to do the packing. But when it came to like thinking about, do I really want to keep this item around? It was very like I was in the Marie Kondo zone. I was like, this yeah. does not bring me joy. Get the fuck out of my house. Well, and it's these moments, too. There's only so much you can have your kids help with sorting and stuff. But there's a lot of times I think these those are one of those moments where you you kind of get reminded that you're the only grown up and that you don't have another adult to kind of. You know when I felt weigh like those that? things out with it, it, right? It's like another reminder. And we talked about that before, and you know when I felt that the most was when I was going through my divorce. Yeah. Right. I mean, and that was the toughest part about it. Did was you have going... a little flashbacks, a little deja I did. Vu? I've yeah. had plenty of flashbacks, which was this is what it was like when I was moving out of the house to begin with, mm -hmm. and sifting through all the stuff and going through those memories and whatnot, and wondering is there any stuff that I want to keep. And during that time when I was going through the divorce, not only was it the moving out of the house stuff that I needed to keep track of, but there were the legal elements of the divorce that I needed to keep track of and the financial elements of the divorce that I needed to keep track of and then the emotional elements of the divorce that I needed to keep track of. All these different things that were flying around and I didn't have a coach or anything like that. I was so upset that I found out about the idea of a divorce coach like six or seven months after, right? Maybe even longer than oh, that. Oh yeah, maybe way longer. I was like, they actually exist? I knew I had a therapist. I knew I had my men's group. I've talked about that before. But like, like having people, right? And I knew obviously knew about a lawyer, right? Those are the two big ones, a lawyer and a therapist. Um, but no one ever talked about a divorce coach, never thought about this idea of like having a team that I could use to help me get through the process. And what the planning of it all. That's exactly right. Yeah. And even now, right, when you think about it, stuff comes up. Right. You do. I need to consult my lawyer about this. Is this really important to know? And if you don't have a lawyer on retainer, which can cost an exuberant amounts of money just to begin with. Right. You need to have at least eight to 10 K to drop on a retainer yeah. of some kind. Right. Um, and that's lost. Right. Unless you cancel out with the lawyer and you just and get that you, money back. And then that's you're hoping you got the right lawyer that's, that's actually going to begin do. with. Right. Yeah. And use the money in the way that you need it. Right. But like if you don't have it, how much can you reasonably spend on just getting advice? Mm -hmm. Right. And like guidance from a lawyer. And is there a mechanism that makes that easier in the midst of it, knowing that like all this stuff is emotionally rooted as well? So like I didn't have anything, but that's what makes our guest today, uh, Aaron Levine from Hello Divorce, so wonderful to speak to. Right. Yeah, because I mean, I've been researching as a coach for some of my clients 
who uh, who don't can't afford a lawyer or or you know what I mean just need yeah so I I'm really excited because I've been referring clients to them and I think uh, it's an amazing service that the beautiful I'm excited thing to about share. it and the beautiful thing about it is that Erin has really created this thing you know almost out of nothing it was her idea and now it's grown to this like amazing kind of corporation that she's got with this mm-hmm. whole team of ready professionals who are capable of helping you. Uh, and it's going to be wonderful to talk with her because I'm going to grill her on about all the stuff that I couldn't get help on a divorce. <laughs> so I hope she's ready. Maybe she'll take me on as a client. Maybe she'll bar me as a client. I don't know. But either way, we're going to find out because yep. we're going to test her metal. And it's going to be wonderful talking with Aaron Levine. I'm looking forward to it. So why don't we go to commercial? And when we come back, we'll hear from Aaron Levine of Hello Divorce. The law offices of Alexis M. Langer provide estate planning services, helping California families, business owners, and individuals build a plan that protects them today and preserves their legacy for generations to come. For more information, visit www.alexislangerlaw.com. Welcome back. So um, I'm going to tell you a little bit about Erin before she comes on. Um, Erin Levine is not your typical attorney. With over a decade of experience in litigating complex family matters, she saw the need for a kinder, easier, and more affordable pathway out of marriage. To achieve this, Erin set out to revolutionize the broken divorce system and founded Hello Divorce, a venture capital-backed, tech-enabled platform that blends compassionate support with cutting-edge technology, making it easier for spouses to navigate legal logistics and financial hurdles with less stress and less mess. This sounds like a godsend <laughs> service, oh my honestly. Erin, welcome. Thank you for being here. Yeah, thanks for having me. Hi, I have to say I feel a little guilty because I am at home. Um, Look at you. And it's nice and warm here. But I also really wish I was in the studio with you because I've been listening to this conversation. I just like want to jump in and, and hang out and, and be present with you. Well, now, well. now, now you're, you're officially here. part of it. Yeah, and you don't need to throw <laughs> elbows or anything like that. We got you. You're front and center right now. So welcome to the program. It's lovely to have you. Thank you. So um, tell us, I, I'm curious because did you have a, a tech background as well? And how did you come up with this idea, honestly? And how, tell us how you got started. Sure. Actually, if you can believe it, I do not have a tech background. Uh, Actually, lawyers are notorious for not being very technically inclined. You may or may not have had that experience with your lawyer. I will not throw them under the bus. But um, I came up with the idea after a few things were sort of eating away at me. The first was that the statistic kept running through my head, the statistic that 80%, 80% of people. (laughs) Very complex, very emotional, charged, you know, legally and financially complex um, process um, on their own. And that caused a lot of concern to me. The second is that a lot of people who have a lawyer aren't particularly happy with them. They have, well, the industry has a very low NPS score and law is just super expensive. And while there are some extraordinary lawyers, 
a lot of times lawyers are doing a lot of what they shouldn't be doing, the process and the filing of paperwork and the supporting us emotionally when there are other professionals that are much better equipped to be doing that. And then the third, and I promise there's only three issues that really got to me was um, what you mentioned in your introduction, which was divorce is so much more than law. And divorce is finance, divorce is logistics, divorce is wellness, divorce is law as well. And there's no one place for us to go to manage all of it. And so I wanted to build a platform where we could go and have all of our paperwork, all of our finances, have access to our experts, our team in one place. And I wanted to do it in a way that would actually bring the cost of our divorce down, not up. And that's when I got started. I think there's anything, when you think about it, and you think how often kids are involved in divorce, like why does divorce cost so much? Because it gets so expensive at some points, and just at the baseline, you know, it, 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 like the retainer can be t up to $10,000, which can easily cost you double that, yeah. right, depending on how long the, the, this whole process is. But like, you would think there would be some, like, sympathy towards the process of, yes, I know that, like, this stuff is valuable, and people have jobs, and, you know, someone's working for a living, but, like, you got to leave people with something. I think that one of the things that both working with a divorce coach and checking out Hello Divorce is the education that you can get. So if oh, you, gosh. by the time you've reached, yeah. you've reached out to your lawyer, if you are going that route, if you understand your state laws, if you understand your, what your, you know, what your rights are, because, you know, to send emails asking certain questions, you're getting charged for all of that, right? It's taking up their time. So, you know, they have on their website so much under education, so much free resources that are great to just help educate uh, and I've pulled information from here as well um, to help educate people, not waste the lawyer's time with those kind of things. And I think that's the whole point yeah. of the divorce coach. Oh. They, they, they act as a buffer in that way, yeah. or at least they can. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's a thousand percent true. I think, I mean, when you think about why does divorce get so super expensive, I think you have to look at the divorce system itself. So first of all, in every state, even if you have an amicable divorce, even if your divorce, I mean, every divorce has some level of conflict, but let's just say like generally you're able to get to an agreement pretty quickly. You still have in almost every state, 20 to 30 sets of forms that have to get done. Right. And then you have to file them at the correct intervals. They have to be signed and sometimes they have to be notarized. You have to attach a whole nother set of documents. So that in and of itself is often done by lawyers or the lawyer's teams, and it's often done without technology. So that right there is several thousand dollars. And then you have a system that's set up to, number one, um, it values lawyers time based on whether or not they win. That's how lawyers show their value. And if you can't get along, if you can't come to an agreement, oftentimes we battle it out in court. And so, as you know, there could be one issue you don't get along on, but if you have to file a motion, you have to go to court, that one issue can cost you five, $10,000. Mm -hmm. um, 
around our office, we call that divorce math because what we often seem, see is that you might go to court and end up with that extra $25 a month in child support. But when right. you contrast that with what you spent in lawyer fees and all the emotional heartache and the strain that it put on your relationship with your ex, like, is it worth it? Did it yeah. really make sense? Totally. So interesting how like that emotional math, you say it's divorce math, right? But it's emotional math because it's like, how much do you really mm -hmm. want to put into this? And it's, and it feels like I, I, this is the biggest lesson I had with my lawyer, which is that like, if you want something specific, you really have to ask for it, right? Like I, I and, and I think I, I willingly misled myself by, you know, watching TV, you see lawyers all the time who are like these courthouse bulldogs who are like, we're going to do this X, Y, and Z, and we're going to come up with this yeah. argument. And you're like, okay, great. They're really proactive. You've given them their money, and now they're going to show you strategically how to get this done. And that's not what happens. Yeah, yeah. Right? They're mean, not like that. And and part of me is it feels like they're not like that because they don't want to get you into a place where you can't get out of. And then it's like you're spending thousands upon thousands of dollars because of their excitement about it. And so, and then mm -hmm. the other part of it is like they don't want you to like they realize that this could be a real financial pitfall. And part of them is like hold on a second, yeah. right? We know this is like an emotional thing, but like you need to think with your head and not your heart here. Well, also, I think that people need to remember when you hire a lawyer, they're working for you. You just go in there and say, tell me what to do. I'll do whatever you say kind of a situation. They don't know what's best for you. It's like going right. to get your hair cut and just sitting down doing, do what you want, not right. going in there with any kind of plan or telling them what you expect, you know? So I think that's, I mean, I learned the wrong way. I had literally zero guidance, right. and I did do whatever my lawyer said, and she came up with some really strange right. scheduling options right. that are screwing us now, right. you know, in a sense. And um, mm -hmm. so tell me, what Hello Divorce is considered online, uh, doing an online divorce? Is that what, like, what is online divorce when people talk about that? Yeah, so it is completely online. It's was online even before the pandemic. We launched just before then. Um, there are, when we think of online divorce, there's lots of options. Usually when somebody says online divorce, what they mean is strictly DIY. So DIY is either finding the forms somewhere online and filling them out and figuring out how to file them or software that leads you through all the forms that you have to complete. So Hello Divorce's online divorce option does have software that guides you through all of the legal and financial logistics. But what we found was the vast majority of people need a little more help than DIY, and sometimes a lot more help. And so you have the option of adding in additional help along the way. So for most of our customers, the additional help they add in is purely logistical. It's, we call it a divorce specialist. It's a manager, a project manager who comes in and just files your documents for you and coordinates with your spouse and makes sure that you both are moving forward and have the resources and checklists and documents that you need. And then about 19% of our customers bring in additional help from one of our experts, like a coach, divorce coach, a financial advisor, or a lawyer. 
Now that doesn't mean they're not working with another coach. So a lot of people might be working with a coach outside of Hello Divorce, but then they're doing their divorce with us. Um, and then finally, we have about 10 to 15% of our customers who use an online mediator through Hello Divorce who brokers a deal. So this mediator might meet with both parties on Zoom, but it really depends on how complex the assets are and how complex the interpersonal relationship is. So like if husband or wife feels intimidated, they don't necessarily want to be in the same Zoom room as their spouse. Maybe they don't necessarily trust their spouse and they want the mediator to be more of a financial mediator to look into the finances and see if there's anything as sus as my daughter would say, um, <laughs> then they wouldn't all be in the same Zoom room. In that case, the mediator's just kind of brokering a deal, moving the, the divorce along, seeing what they can get to an agreement on, and then ultimately the parties return to the software, finish the agreement, and, um, and we signed off and submitted uh, for them. Like TurboTax for your divorce. Yeah, it's a lot. It's a lot like it's yeah, a yeah. lot like TurboTax. Um, it's a lot like TurboTax. I think what's what's been really interesting to me is that while people do have access to a lawyer and many of them take them up on it, what we're seeing more of is people take us up on the option to speak with a financial advisor because that yeah. is often the trickiest part. You know, just trying to figure out how are we gonna you know, post-divorce budget? How are we going to figure out, you know, does it make sense to pay, um, you know, spousal support in a lump sum or over time? Um, we also just introduced a new free, um, free product that people, we had actually, we had 5,000 people take advantage of this in the last few months, which makes me believe that this is really relevant yeah. for probably a lot of your listeners, which is a tool that helps you figure out what your options are yeah. when it comes to splitting the equity in your home. Ooh, that's, that's really um, useful. Amazing. That's huge. Yeah. Yeah. So that one, um, and that one, so it's a, t that, that tool is free. And then what's also free is you can talk with our real estate strategist who then goes through the results of the calculation with you, um, which is really, really helpful because it includes a report. I'm so, I apologize. No, no, no I, I, we're shaking our heads. No, no, we're shaking our heads because as I think about it now, like my lawyer was not this, she didn't hold my hand this way. Right. It was the you know what the most compassionate thing she did was I sat in her office in that first meeting and I was bawling because I was still coming to grips with the idea of getting a divorce. And she handed me tissues. Right. And then she tried to, like, honor the fact that I was a rabbi. And she's like, I'm not going to disturb you on the Sabbath. And I was like, thanks a lot for that. Are we still clear on all the other details of the settlement agreement that I was really impassioned about? And like and, and admittedly, I didn't read the settlement agreement carefully enough. And I should have. I really should have. And I expected that she was going to like walk me through other details and there are parts of it that I'm not happy with. Right. And like, I'm shaking my head now. We're shaking our heads now. Lerone's saying her mind's blown because this is a much more personalized service. It seems like you're offering in this approach. And it seems like it would have been really well received by both of us had we had it at the time. Thank you so much. I mean, I, um, that means a lot. I, I, I understand because that's, that's, that was the problem. As a lawyer, I felt really constricted with what I was able to provide. And I, in all honesty, when I first launched 
the state, the states I launched in, and even the American Bar Association was like, I don't know about this. This sounds pretty crazy, mm. you crazy kid. And it like was that. really hard to get it regulatory compliant. And um, there has been a lot of pushback. We we we've come out ahead, and it's been fine. But you know, the there's been a lot of um, controversy surrounding it. But it's, I mean, our average you know, review score is 4.9. We have the most lovely reviews. We have a really high success rate. People really enjoy it and not enjoy the divorce. They feel, but they feel supported in their toughest moments. And that's what's important to us. Like period, like end of story, like that people feel like they had support. I think the one thing I'd like to see at some point is that we either partner with someone or like a company or that we bring in a more community, something community be be like, because like when we do our webinars, for example, we get hundreds of questions and I can just feel how, how much like people want to connect with each other. And we have a support group, but it's just like, it's not enough. Like we, you know, we need something there. I, I mean, I think what you're tapping into is the fact that, like, even post-divorce, people still fly through it somewhat clueless because there are all these things yeah. that could happen afterwards and you could get a nasty email or a text from your ex and they could threaten you in some way and you could go into a spiral. I hear from friends all the time about this sort of thing. Uh, and, like, you can't, like, do you go to a lawyer about that stuff or do you just wait it out? And if you go to a lawyer, how much is that going to cost, really, just to get your question answered and this is where I come to you about this, which is to say, does Hello Divorce help mitigate some of that stuff, right? You guys offer a lot of stuff for going through the divorce, right? At the very beginning stages of it, of planning it out and executing it. But let's say you got someone who's five, 10 years out and they're engaging in something difficult with their ex and they need a legal question answered, but they don't have a grand to drop, right? On something that's going to take a lawyer 20 minutes to answer because they have the legal expertise about it and have probably heard it 10,000 times already. How do you, does Hello Divorce help mitigate that sort of dilemma? Yes. Well, yes and no. Um, so a couple ways. Uh, so first of all, one thing that we do have, and I just want to put this out there, is we do have a post-divorce checklist. And I know there's a million out there, but ours is free and it's really awesome and has very, very detailed, all the things that you might not think about that people really need to do post-divorce. So I want to make sure that we get that available to your listeners because it is like, you don't have to do it right away when you're done with your divorce, but if you just kind of start working through it over time, you're going to feel a lot better and like more secure um, about, you know, the state of like your paperwork and your your finances and your state and that kind of thing. Um, Second is we do have a ton of resources to help through post-divorce, a lot of which is great legal information versus legal advice. Um, so what's the difference? We're not allowed to give legal advice, right. but we are allowed to give legal information. Legal information is where we can talk to you about um, how generally what the law says Uh, without comparing it to your specific situation or how, what percentage of hello divorce customers have handled the same issue in what way. So we could say, no, I'm like, 
95% of customers have faced this same issue and here's how they've handled it, which oftentimes is enough for our customers. They've been, they're like, oh, okay, that's really helpful. Yeah. Um, now, right now it's kind of tricky to find, um, but on March 1st, we're launching, surprise, surprise, our own version of an AI chatbot, My Divorce Assistant, where we're training it on all these interactions, customer interactions that we've had over the last few years, so that you can ask that chatbot the questions as they're coming up. Like, hey, my settlement agreement says X, and now I'm having Y issue. What do you think? And you'll get a response. And so far, all our testing is coming out pretty good. And if that response is helpful enough, is not helpful enough, then it will lead you to a resource. And if that resource is not helpful enough, then you'll have the ability to schedule a 15 minute, 30 minute, or one hour meeting with one of our lawyers. Look at that. There you go. Right there. That's what I'm talking about. So That's what I'm talking you about. You can do that now. Yeah. You can do that now. Now, right in this moment, if you wanted to jump on with our with one of our lawyers for for thirty minutes, you could, but it's not going to you know save you. It's it's still it's not at like a super competitive rate, right. right? But this will allow you to at least try to answer your own questions very quickly, and then if you can't, then you'll have access to just be able to hop on with the lawyer. This is exactly what I'm talking about. Even without like the worksheets, right, and all that stuff, or like the previously asked questions and the generalized answers, right? The the okay. ability to take a short form phone call to say, "Am I crazy? Mm -hmm. Do I need to worry about this a little bit more? Is this going to cost me more money?" Right? I mean, it's really crucial and, and like can save everyone just so. I, we talked about emotional stress and emotional yeah. exhaustion. That's the type of thing that really could. Let me just check in with my lawyer, right? No, it's not going to cost me an arm and a leg to know if I need to go crazy about this or not. I, I, have, a I have a question that is personal, but I think a lot of people might relate. So you got a settlement sure. in place. You have all the rules in there that say, you know, you got to pick up by this time or we need 24 hour notice before you change a schedule or like logistical things like that, right? If they break the rules, I mean, like, what's right. the consequence? Right. And right. it's really hard right. if you're dealing with a spouse, and I will say, like, if you're right. dealing with a co-parent or an ex or, you know, that if, if the only thing that's going to happen is they're going to piss you off right. or disappoint the kids, that might not be enough. But, I mean, I have so really many take? times been like, well, our agreement says almost so much to, like, it almost feels like you're breaking the law. Right. That's exactly, this was a that's, legal that's document. A, that's exactly my but point. But like, right. really, at the end of the day, right. what are they going to do? Is there is there a divorce police that's going to come knock on their door? I mean, do we really have to go? So in my situation, honestly, mm -hmm. it was two years after our divorce, and there were so many things. There were a lot of gray areas and things right. that just weren't clear on our original settlement. Right. But then also, he just wasn't sticking to his end of the deal, and it was really re there was a lot of issues. And when I reached out at this point to a new lawyer, who's amazing. She was like, send me, send me your agreement. Let me look at it, your settlement and send me all the issues you're having. And we literally tried to just say, here, let's change these things. Let's clarify here, sign, and we're good. Because he wouldn't do it, we ended up in court. Mm. 
And I ended up getting everything I wanted, and he ended up having to pay for the lawyer fees. Wow. So really, it ended up being a big that's a big gamble. Wow, screwed that's a in a big sense. Gamble though. Yeah, but I was like, I can't right. keep going on like this. And a lot like our agreement was really minimal. I had I didn't even realize at the time my lawyer. I was like, what, she like closed up, closed shop after me, and yeah. just like did the minimum. I also wanted to do it quick and cheap right. and. Right. There was a lot of things. I mean, we didn't even mention, like, how are we handling birthdays? And it was like there were too many reasons for us to have to communicate constantly. We were not amicable. <laughs> um, so that, I think, is there some something that can be done or some feeling that can be given that what really happens if you don't follow the rules? I don't know. I, and how easy is it to get done what you got done, right? Because a lot of people will tell you, the court system doesn't really want to see you about settlement stuff that's not about like the health and well-being of the children, right? Like there are so many other more important things to discuss in the courts, right? Uh, and so I, I'm impressed with that just to begin with. I mean, it like, could have just been a literally a document that he signed, but right. because he did it, we kept saying, "If okay, you have until this date or we're going to end up in court. And we threatened and threatened and threatened. I mean, and it sounds like it, the only way I would have, right. I, I had to in this right. situation. And I think a lot of people are in that situation. But it's um, not, it all, and it I also mean, sounds like everything yeah. was kind of in your favor to begin with. Like there were parts of the agreement it that was he in wasn't... what was best for the kids, honestly, all of it. But yeah, right. But the point is to say that like he wasn't honoring his part of the agreement, yeah. so it was easy to kind of call him out on that stuff. Yeah. Okay. So that makes it a little bit clearer. But but yeah, I get it. I get it. Was he not showing up for visitation or custody, or he just was just being late and he was like canceling an hour before or making changes like it just there was no there was nothing in there that said anything i i i wanted to add something that said a time he right i just know okay. him as a person and some people need that they need timelines they need deadlines they need structure yeah. um and there was just also a lot of things that weren't ever mentioned Clear. that we had literally we had to talk almost every day about things and it was like we need to avoid this like we need to try to figure out a way to make it easy easy exchange we weren't in a place where we were communicating yeah. well which is why we got divorced in the first place totally yeah so i think first of all that that i mean that lawyer did an exceptional job because because i agree it is very very hard and very expensive generally to go back into court to try to um a enforce co-parenting terms and B, get your fees paid, and then C, after you get an order to get your fees paid, actually get your ex to pay them. Right. It's one thing to get an order. Oh, it's really? a whole another to actually get them to oh, pay them. can avoid paying those fees. Yes. Well, no, she said that yeah. she oh, put them on a monthly oh, plan, yeah. and right. if he wasn't going to pay, she was, right. I mean, listen, we had it in our thing. I, he could have had his wages garnished. Right, like, right. there was ways yeah. that, you know. But oh, it but took him hearing avoid, it from I, I get a you judge. That they can avoid it. Once yes. he heard it from okay. a judge and oh, from yeah. a lawyer, it was so, serious. Right. You know, yeah. it was, yeah. so which is ridiculous too that deal. you have to do that. But yeah, here's the deal. No, there's there's no divorce, please. And that God knows the last thing law enforcement wants to do is get involved with these things, and we don't want to put our kids through that either, unless there's an emergency. So um, the first thing we want to do is we want our agreement and you alluded to this, to be as specific as possible. We want to ensure, even if we are amicable, that we are talking about what we're going to do on birthdays and holidays and things like that, not because we have to follow those terms. We could eventually be more flexible, yeah. but we want those terms to be the default. 
so that if we have a complicated relationship or if the relationship becomes complicated because one of us gets a new partner that the other one doesn't like or our kids become a little bit more or a lot more challenging that we have an order to fall back on. Mm -hmm. The other thing is, is that we want these orders to have some teeth to them. And the teeth can't really be, I'm just going to take you back to right. court because if you've had an out of court divorce, like the thousands of people that are using hello right. divorce, right? Then in our case, like the good news is they've saved lots of money. The bad news is, is that if you say, I'm going to take you to court because you keep violating these terms, your spouse kind of knows that you're probably not going to do that. And your spouse also knows it's going to cost your ex-spouse, I should say, thousands of dollars. So neither of you really want to do that. So I try to think of things to put in the agreement that I know my spouse really, really won't like. Like, we're going to have to go to family therapy. Or That's there's a term that, like, if you're late th more than three times in one month, we have to go to co-parenting therapy, the two of us, and sit in the same room. It can't be virtual. Or um, mm. I automatically get, um, you know, a certain weekend that I really want or something that's more that of course we always want to put our kids first but we also like this is hard stuff right like our schedules are so messed up so maybe like you get a better schedule for you like where where he, he or she always has to do the drop-offs or something but like some automatic thing that happens so right. that it just becomes easier on you and then then if you really do have to go to court then you get to the, say the judge, not only did they screw up and like not follow the terms of the agreement, but we had another agreement about what would happen if he or she didn't follow the terms and they, they didn't even do that. And then you're like in this amazing position mm -hmm. where the judge is going to give you whatever it is you want and need. So that's kind of how we think about yeah. it at Hello Divorce. We try to think about like from a really practical standpoint, sure, the law says this. But like, is a lot? Is that really what's going to happen? Is that really how it's going to play out? Let's let's think about it like how life really happens. Well, I this is what I love is that you answered my question. There is a way to put consequences okay. in there for it to look like a consequence. Yeah. I think some people, um, and it's not necessarily men or women, but some people are need to know what the consequences need to know that like, if I don't do it, something's going to happen. Well, at the very least, and to your point, especially that, like, when their motive in the beginning is just to hurt the other person. Well, especially, me. you know, th this conversation, this particular part of the conversation points out a lot. One, you know, I love the strategy of there's kind of no point in going to court because it's a no win for everyone involved unless like it's really kind of open shut as per your, you know, example suggests to us, right? Unless it's really easy to know what's going to happen. There's probably no real reason to go. Because it's just not going to turn out well. Mm -hmm. So you have to think about something that um, uh, is obviously less threatening than court, but a bigger pain in the ass, right? Like going to the therapy, like doing yeah. whatever it is. Because then, to Aaron's point, you can build up on it, right? When you really do need a code of court, you can say, like, there were these other things that we did to avoid good oh and getting to this point. But now here we are. And the point that I find frustrating about this is... Not only are these strategies so kind of lacking in the, I would say, the average settlement agreement, I'm saying that personally speaking, not from a legal perspective or having seen other settlement agreements, but you just don't hear about them, but also that like 
costs so much to go to a lawyer, and I know that we keep coming back to this, which again, which is one of the virtues of Hello Divorce, is that it doesn't have to be that costly, but that it costs so much, and you'd think that because it costs so much, you'd go over more specific details like this and be more strategic in it, but it feels like there's this basic, like, your lawyer says in the back of your mind, and I don't mean to be bashing lawyers so much, but your lawyer says in the back of your mind, okay, for eight to 10 grand, I can give this person a fairly basic package and I don't really have to think about it too much because they're not going to be thinking about it too much. And all the more so, the only thing they're going to be thinking about is how much time they spend in my office and how much more it's going to cost them. So they're just going to want to do this open shut. And I don't mean to suggest that it's malicious, but if I were a businessman, I think that would be a pretty reasonable way of thinking about things and how much energy I was going to give to a particular client based on how much money I was going to make and how much money I could make on other clients that could be more that would require far more of my attention. It's just a survivalist technique. And I think that's really upsetting. It's upsetting to know that it could cost you so much and still come out without really what you want. And even knowing that there's so many difficult things to predict, that you can't have a better structure in place, like a parenting plan that addresses some of the more popular things that couples do end up fighting about post-divorce that could really end up paving the way or at least making life a little bit easier because then you have something to look back on. So just again, I'm praising your works, Aaron, because it's making life a lot easier, I hope, for a lot of other people. But thinking just about the discrepancies in costs and what you actually get for it, sure, yes, it takes care of a major and difficult thing that you would have no knowledge of which how to do for yourself and you could get end up getting screwed without the basic form of legal uh, representation. I totally get it. Yeah. But when you think about how much else you're not getting in the process yeah, yeah. and don't even know about to think about, that's the real gap that I think is that really needs to be paid attention to. I, I think that you're there's mm-hmm. such an overwhelm. There's such an emotional overwhelm and so much fear and so much anxiety right. when it's when it's happening. Right. Whether there's infidelity, whether there's anger, whatever it is, there's so many emotions and you really are looking to trust, you know, the people that are helping you that you're hiring to help you make the right decisions. And I think that sometimes you just kind of there's listen, there's all sorts of reasons that might rush you. Are you coming up on that 10 year mark? Are you you know, whatever it is and mm. or the age of your kids right. or right. whatever it is. And so sometimes I think it's like, let's just get divorced. Yeah, I actually think even though our agreement had so many, you know, little loopholes and all of that, I think that it's the the part after that's so much, that's really hard. And then you kind of feel like now I'm, I got to I'm stuck with this agreement. I got to make this work. And that's the part that's hard to enforce the rules, to enforce the scheduling. And like you said, I always tell the, the, the coaching clients I work with, it's like, Make it hardcore, make it strict and and have everything in writing. You can always later on say, you know what, fine, you could take an extra night or you can always change things later. But to try to 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 go backwards is really hard. It's to tighten hard. things up is really hard. Mm-hmm. And I think that's why, I mean, I know that's why I became a coach and I'm sure Noam as well is like, I'm so happy to be able to help our clients and bring up the things they might not think about. I mean, even how do you want your what is the relationship of a new person if if you're if the co-parent remarries or has a girlfriend right. or a boyfriend? Right. How is that interaction with the kids? I think another really um, important thing that hoping your chat that you're doing, your AI chat could help is like, I think you're like, am I allowed to legally ask for that? Like, can I say oh, I want to meet right. the spouse first right. or can I? There's so right. many questions that I get asked that are just like, yeah. can I even an- ask that? And that's what you I'm know, saying. Yeah, I didn't even know. I didn't even have anything in my agreement about another person. And then when I found out, 
right. about this person. I kind of went back and I was like, what can I do? And she was like, well, we can say they can't share a bet. Like she told me the specific language that wow. can be used, but you can't say they can't be around someone else, right? right? And right. and that, so I think those little, even just that, that little hmm. knowledge is yeah. so important to be able to know, like, what am I even allowed to ask for? What am I legally Huge. allowed to Huge. request? To think if that were like an app on a phone. Right, just a, a, your AI divorce I, lawyer right there. I think I just found my beta testers right here. You got it. Um, <laughs> you guys, I would love it if you just spent like even 15 minutes um, uh, on it, just asking questions. But I, I love that. I think, you know, there's the can I legally ask for it? And then the second, the follow-up, which is like, but is it reasonable? You can legally ask for almost anything. Um, but like the question is like, but like, is it practical? Like, will I actually be able to, you know, get it into my agreement? And then and, are you going to um, hold up your end of the deal? It's like right. whatever you put in there that they have to right. do, you have to remember right. that you have to do too. <laughs> right. That's a good point too. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, so Aaron, given all that we've talked about in terms of the cloudiness of what it's like going through divorce and how you don't really know what all the questions are to ask, and everything that happens post-divorce, right, and all the questions that could still be remain to ask, can we talk about um, the roadmap for divorce start to finish and how to maximize, that is to say, cut down on stress, mess, fees, and conflict and all that stuff? Is that possible? Sure. Uh, let's see. I the One thing, you know, that, that you already mentioned, the two of you, is just the fear, overwhelm, and stress. And I think Fear, overwhelm, stress, and shame is what everyone is thinking and feeling in some capacity when the divorce begins. And what we want to make sure is that that doesn't control our path in any way, shape, or form. So let me give you an example. 75% of divorces are filed by women. A lot of the time I see women who feel guilty about their decision. And so because of that shame or guilt, they'll immediately give up something in negotiation when they start to negotiate, right? Right away. I'm going to give this up because I'm going to show I'm a good person and I'm acting in good faith. And right away, right away, that puts them in a lower negotiation position. And it makes them feel resentful because they offer to give something up and their spouse is like, yeah, that's not going to be enough, right? Because their spouse is human and their spouse is frustrated. So right away, we need to think about a plan for how we're going to get those emotions in check or just acknowledge that they're there and they're not going to go away overnight. And that's when you want to think about your approach to divorce, right? Like this, it's not about hiring up with the most, you know, lawyering up with the most aggressive attorney in town. It's about first finding that coach, looking at the basics of the law in your state and understanding that unless there's an emergency, unless your spouse has cut you off from your kids or finances, Nothing is going to happen overnight. You will have time, even if you want to get it done right away, you are going to have a moment to breathe and like figure out what your path is moving forward. 
Does that resonate? Yeah, for sure. I What you said about, it's so funny. And it, I went through this and I see so many women. It's like, I'm already, I'm already ending this marriage against his will. I'm already forcing him to move out and live on his own and not see his kids all the time. I, I, I can't take ever, I got to give him something. I got to give him things here and there. And you're right. It totally, it's, it's a, it's a, a level of compassion that I think we still try to have, but then it also, it, it's, um, yeah, it's lowering our negotiating. Backfires. It backfires. It totally backfires because it's not like they're going to look at it and be like, oh, wow, she's really caring for me right now and letting me have that extra night I want. It's going to be like, oh, she's given me this. Okay, what else can I get? And that's the thing that I often uh, coach I my clients right. on, right, which is this balance. Let's get Jewish for a second, right? Yeah. We have mm -hmm. the Yetzer Harav and the Yetzer Hatov, the good inclination and the evil inclination within us. And admittedly, the evil inclination gets a bad rap because it's labeled evil, right? And the other one is labeled good. But what we're talking about are being selfish and being selfless. And there's nothing wrong with either one of those things in life. You need both for balance. That's ultimately what we're talking about, particularly when going through anything. And when you think about divorce, when the idea of survival comes up and starting anew and leaving behind something that was really securing for you and provided you with stability sure and and also you know um uh, contention right and getting into fights with people right divorce naturally bring those brings those things up and you have to think about what is good for you as well as what is okay for you to give away and part of that is having a real delicate balance yetzer hatov means what can you do that's good for other people how can you be a good person in that way right yetzer haraz about what can you do for yourself that's the inclination that motivates us to like become captains of industry and to become successful in our life and develop careers. There's nothing wrong with that, right? But it's, do we leave, you know, dead bodies and damage in our wake in the process of getting what we need for ourselves? And I don't think that's what we want, right? The process of divorce, while it may be one that is inherently liberating, right? And means that we need to think for ourselves and take for ourselves and act for ourselves, as you, Aaron, have described, as many lawyers have also argued for, doesn't need to be one where you also, you know, throw the, your, your ex out in the trash in the process. It right? doesn't need to be one mm -hmm. where you totally degrade them in the process. It doesn't need to be that for any number of reasons. Mm -hmm. so, all yeah. of that. Right. Which leads me to, so all of that. I love that. I wish I, I well, we'll have to get a transcript of this because that was just, Yeah. <laughs> I love it. Um, okay, but that leads me to number two, okay, which is setting ground rules, right? Um, so I think, well, I know that um, a big part of the way that lawyers get business is through blogs, right? Through search engine optimization. They have these blogs written right. sometimes by them or for them. And um, whether they mean to or not, those blogs scare the crap out of us, right? They tell us things like, if you've been married for 10 years or, you know, you need to, you know, it's a long-term marriage. And if you don't fight for your rights, you're going to be screwed, all of those things, right? And so you, you hurry up and, um, it, you know, there's just like, it brings all this emotion and we get really scared. And so, and a lot of the blogs tell us we need to keep everything to ourselves. We don't want to share, you know, any of our moves with our spouse. So I would say after doing this for 20 years, and I will tell you not just as a founder of a company, but as a lawyer, 
as a trial attorney, as a mediator, and as a private judge, that you want to be as transparent as you possibly can at the start of your divorce. You want to sit down either in writing or in person or with a pastor, with a rabbi, with your couples therapist, and you want to say, here is my game plan. My game plan is to divorce and do it with the least amount of damage to our family and our community. My goal is to keep the costs down to the extent possible. And my goal is that we each get as much support as we can possibly, as, as we need. Can we agree on, you know, and you try to agree on, you know, we're going to, we're going to get legal advice if we need it. We're going to stay out of court. We're not going to talk about the divorce in front of the kids. And you see what ground rules you can act, that you can come to an agreement on. And in the worst case scenario, you come to no ground rules at all. And then you know that you're going to need a lawyer and you're probably going to need a tough one. But in most scenarios, your spouse, even if they're angry in the moment, is breathing a sigh of relief because they have a better sense for what you're up to and they have some clarity or at least some initial certainty in a sea of uncertainty. And so I think it's a really good idea to try to come to some initial ground rules around how this game is going to be played. I think that's great. I think that would avoid so many issues because I think I mean, she's saying 75%. We've heard 70%, 80%. She said 75%. I like that right in the middle of the oh, uh, divorces. Well, I mean, I'll tell you why. So 70% in of divorces, yes, um, in general, but you know, 90% of divorces where women are college educated in those relationships, um, and 90% are filed by women. Wow. Well, so yeah. that being said, I think what happens in a lot of situations is that there's there's a, an issue of ego. There's an issue of the men being like, wait a minute, you're making this decision. You're changing the course of my life. And so the initial reaction is to be combative. It, it, that's it. It's yeah. not like, oh, you want to you, you want to do this to me? Sure, let's do it nicely. It's hard. It's hard for men to get to that place. I but think that also, women, I mean, we, women take the victim role. I wouldn't say easier, but like, I don't, I think that when, when a man wants the divorce, a woman t typically might go more into a victim and feel like, oh my God, and feel sad and, but not necessarily initially be combative, more go into fear and, and sadness. I, I hear you, I hear you, but I, I don't agree. I mean, no. I think, uh, I definitely think men become combative when they are asked for the divorce. Yeah. Right. When a when a, an ex says to them, "I want a divorce. I don't want to be married anymore." They get they go into warrior mode, right? Yeah. And they, you know, do whatever they need to do, most likely for themselves, right? And and guys have a tendency of partnering up with other people really quickly. They don't do a lot of good self care in the process, right? They're just about defending themselves, mm -hmm. right? Um, I've heard a lot of stories about women if um, their husbands are the ones who ask for the divorce who also get pretty warrior, 
right? Yeah. And I think that's because you are the yeah. one who is now backpedaling, right? You have to catch up. What is being done to me, yeah. as you said? And I don't think it splits across genders. And, I, and I'm willing to bet there are a lot of women who get even more combative and say things like, I'm taking you for all you're worth. Yeah. And I know that I can get the kids and I know that that's going to mean more money for me and I can even take the house. And I'm willing to bet there are a lot of guys who suffer from nice guy syndrome and realize that like maybe, you know, they're wife asking for a divorce feels a lot like their mother punishing them and rather than like doing everything they possibly can to put themselves on good footing are willing to give away whatever works to make a the situation easier on them b their ex-wife may be liking them or c they feel a certain amount of guilt because like okay they're leaving and now they have to support their ex and their kids in the process so they're willing to give up a lot i'd actually flip the script on you considerably on that i Aaron, I like doing this, though. I like man bashing a little because I like to hear Noam's reaction. (laughs) Yeah, I love that. I love hearing what you both have to say. And I found truth in both of it. But I definitely um, think that the reaction, the spouse, regardless of what gender they are, they are the spouse that, um, well. Is being left. Who's being left. Yeah, I've seen it. Um, Female and male come back like full on warrior style. There's. Definitely Even if no you're question about it. And doing what you said, it's about the way you bring it up and the right. way you say, I want right. to get a divorce, but this is what I'm hoping for. Right. That can set such yes. a tone. Yes. And it's really How? hard to do in the yes. moment. Yes. I mean, I wish I did that How? in hindsight. Yes. yes. <laughs> How you divorced has the potential to impact, yes, the entire divorce experience. And then, of course, how you approach. So choosing your approach, we need to stop thinking about it being either you DIY or you lawyer up. It's no longer those two options anymore. Um, It's much more fluid now. And um, I want people to start really thinking about that, that you have much more control over your experience than you think you do. I think we're all on the same page. Divorce is not any, the divorce isn't shameful anymore or or you know a failure getting a glow up actually horse is getting a glow up did you hear i heard uh kate there's uh what's her name kate anthony was talking about calling it's called the great divorce right now this time is that what she's saying yes and it's women that are taking the yeah and i'm sure during the pandemic it spiked up even more there's so much media right now it's like right. uh, focused on divorce it's pretty but yes the great divorce is happening right now definitely the the glow up is a thing for sure um i've seen a lot of that um there's been a couple articles this past week in newsweek and the atlantic about how the middle class can't afford to lawyer up anymore because the average divorce is like divorce go. attorneys like fifteen thousand a person well which is well, that's why a lot of people aren't getting married in the first place anymore it, it's a smart it's smart thinking about it no and also having kids in that way they're yeah, thinking of... about the the financial emotional commitments to it um and such you know which is of course creating a wonderful opening for hello divorce so uh hopefully we can rename this uh last part of the segment on one foot as you may know that in our tradition uh there's a wonderful story of a non-jew who comes to hillel the sage and he says teach me all of judaism while standing on one foot and I think we all know that's somewhat of an impossibility. Judaism is a whole cosmic universe. You can't possibly distill it down while you're standing on one foot for how long? 30 seconds, maybe a minute at best. Uh, and so Hillel says, you know, of course, uh, what's hateful to you 
don't do to other people. The rest is commentary. Now go and study it. So he does find a great will of, way of distilling it down. Aaron, uh, while you're standing on one foot, so to speak, um, can you tell us about Hello Divorce or the most important thing that people should know about Hello Divorce? Sure. I think the most important for, thing for people to know about Hello Divorce is that it's not only a place that you can come to to do the actual legal and financial logistics of divorce and get expert help and expertise, but it's also a place that you can come to just to take a deep breath and reduce your overwhelm and anxiety. That is our goal for you, is that when you land on our site and when you join us for a 15-minute call, that after that moment in time, you feel a little bit better, a lot more in control, and have a really clear action plan for your next few steps. That's wonderful. Thank you so much, Aaron. This has been fantastic. You've been an amazing guest. You're friendly, you're funny, you're informative. Uh, we've had a great conversation with you and you've given us some great wisdom and guidance for our listeners. Thank you so much. Uh, thank you. Thank you so much. And we will be your testers, your beta testers, Absolutely. anytime you want. Yeah. I think that we are both just mind blown by all of this and any way that we can be help you and support you and keep referring our clients to you, we are all about it. I am super excited. This is, I really feel like the start of a great relationship and I hope to collaborate a lot more with you. We'd love that as well. It's wonderful meeting you, Erin. Thank you for your time and your wisdom. Stay dry and warm. Thank you. Care, everyone. Bye-bye. <laughs> Bye. If you're interested in becoming one of our sponsors or have questions and thoughts about the podcast, please email us at thejewishdivorceproject at gmail.com. And you can always find us on social media at The Jewish Divorce Project on Facebook and Instagram. And if you'd like to work with me, I specialize in divorce coaching for women. I can be found at MyDivorceConcierge.com and on Facebook and Instagram at MyDivorceConcierge. And if you're interested in working with me for divorce coaching or spiritual coaching, I work with people of all kinds, of all backgrounds as well. My email address is NoamRauscher at gmail.com. That's N-O-A-M. R-A-U-C-H-E-R at gmail.com. And you can also find me on Facebook and on Instagram at Noam Rauscher.